It's Tuesday, March 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. We're going to talk some housing. We're, we're going to talk about one aspect of the business of St. Patrick's Day, which is not necessarily the business aspect that I think the average person would expect. Certainly wasn't what I was expecting. Not the most promoted part no, of the celebration. No, definitely not the most promoted. And yet, it is a business story. Uh, but let's start in the airline industry, because shares of American Airlines up nearly 6% this morning on the news that it will be the newest addition to the S&P 500 index. So, at the close of trading on Friday, March 20th, American Airlines will be added to the S&P 500. Uh, Allergan, which is the maker of Botox, is going to be bumped off the index. How big a deal is this? Uh, because it, I I think when this type of things happen, when this type of thing happens, a lot of times when we talk about it around the office, it's like, well, this is a short term thing. This is this doesn't really mean anything about the underlying business. I don't know though. I don't. This seems like a pretty significant bump up in the stock price, and maybe it's just because it's an airline. But you tell me, how big a deal is this for American Airlines? Well, the the bump up in the stock price is based on the amount of money, institutional money primarily, but also money invested in S&P 500 index funds, um, that mimics the S&P 500 exactly. So, you've got a lot of buyers who suddenly have no choice but to buy the stock, uh, goes into the index on Friday. You have nobody who has to sell their shares. Uh, so, this is uh, all to the good of the stock price of, of American Airlines. I think it is generally the case that, in and of itself, the inclusion in the S&P 500 is not something that, that affects the, the long term uh, of a business uh, or the stock. It, it very much affects the short term. But, um, yeah, it, it's been good times for the airlines. And it is uh, continuing to look like it will be good times based on the the windfall profits that that they get from uh, oil uh, declining. This is, I think, I read that uh, American Airlines, excuse American Airlines, um, said that they they see four and a half billion dollars in costs coming out of of their operations for the year if oil this year is continues at the point it's at right now as as compared to what they paid last year so that's a lot of money right i was just going to say <laughs> that and they, and they didn't have to do anything other than not be hedged to the price of oil uh, so to to take on the risk of we'll we'll just buy our oil uh, and and gas at the price that uh, that it's available primarily you know um, without hedging for the long term uh, at, at times, that works against you, and right now, it's working all, all to the benefit. Although, 2014, and you alluded to this, 2014 was a really good year in general for airline stocks, not just American Airlines, but sort of across the board. Um, Delta, Southwest, JetBlue, you know, na- name your airline stuff. If you bought an airline ETF mm. in early January of 2014 and held it through the year, you were pretty darn happy. You own it. all the money now. You, you own all the money. Um, but... The drop that we saw in the price of oil and the price of gasoline, that didn't really kick in until the last, I'm going to say, third or so of the calendar year. So, is the un- so yes, I grant you that all of a sudden having an input cost drop dramatically to the tune of potentially $4.5 billion in a 12-month period, that's a, a, a phenomenal windfall. 
But is it possible that the airlines themselves are actually being better run? Uh, it's very possible. They are being better run. They had to be better run. It's a, sort of an amazing industry to have been uh, as poorly run as, as, in general, it was for uh, 60, 80 years in terms of at least shareholder rewards. You can recall that uh, Buffett has uh, famously observed that uh, investors would have been better off uh, shooting down or- Orville and Wilbur Wright uh, rather than <laughs> let them <laughs> uh, invent the airplane uh, due to the sort of damage that it has caused uh, investors. But Nowadays, he took a bath on some airline, didn't he? Was it Eastern or was it? Uh, I can't recall. The, but, but yeah, he, he but was, he's bitter about it. I Apparently, was just say, he wants to do, go back in time and kill heroes <laughs> rather than just to get a little bit of his money back, and he's got plenty. I mean, that's it's kind of small of him, I would say. I do love, and I love him. I, I do love that quote from Buffett because it is you know Buffett talks about mastering your temperament, and that quote to me is a reminder that yeah, Warren Buffett. Not always a master of his temperament. Like he did take a bath on at, at least one airline, and he was a little bitter about it. Yeah. Well, I I, I think, in, but but saw the humor in murder um, and time travel anyway. So, I think that uh, who among us <laughs> who among us can't not... see the humor in time travel related murder? Uh, all to make a buck, and I. Airlines are much better run. You get on a, not all to the benefit of the passengers. I expect when I get on an airline now that I will not have any free seats around me. And once upon a time, I would get on and assume, well, I'm going to be able to stretch out because you could be on planes. Maybe, you know, some listeners are, are too young to remember. I don't know. What's the, how many young listeners are there? this we got some young listeners yeah, okay yeah, they do. may not remember that you could you could get on a plane and expect well I'm, i probably can find an empty row and i'll be able to lie down and sleep on the plane that doesn't happen anymore. no no and on the flip side it's kind of like a miniature version of winning the lottery now if you get on a plane if you're flying by yourself or, or even just with others and miraculously there is no one else, or you know, or there's yeah, no one in the one mid- empty seat next to you. There's no one in the middle seat, and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, yeah. That and, and so anyway, this this is one of those things that you can look at and sort of visually see through your experience, a mostly uh, unpleasant experience uh, of of being on crowded flights. But they are moving a lot of people, and um, ticket prices have not in any way come down um, in response to the lower oil prices. So people are still. Demanding the demand for flights is is still there, and the air airlines have not had to pass on any savings to keep the the flights full. And all so all this is you know American Airlines along with the others is doing much better and is enjoying the kind of um, prosperity that they haven't seen for a while. Do you imagine any airline, any major carrier in the U.S. is going to? A, lower ticket prices because they are, they're all getting this windfall, or presumably to some degree, maybe not to the tune of four and a half billion dollars, but they're all getting, they're all benefiting from lower gas prices. Do you imagine any major carrier is going to come out and say, we're passing the savings on to you? Because I don't, because I don't see why an airline would do that unless they were going to make a big show of it, and that includes a major marketing advertising campaign saying, we're passing the gas savings on to you. Yeah, you know, the irrationality of 
new players in the market for airlines is is a long enough history that maybe somebody will do that. I saw a headline today about uh, Ryanair, uh, your favorite, right? <laughs> I've never flown Ryanair, but, but you know you're Irish. I'm yes. So uh, uh, talking about uh, flying to the U.S. now, and it's a discount airline um, out of out of Ireland, and. Uh, the headline I didn't read the article was was quoting that they may be offering seats as low as fifteen dollars, which to me sounds like sort of the one dollar uh, bus ride from here to New York, where one seat on on the bus is one dollar, and then they move up from there. So maybe it's it's something like that. But you could see some sort of irrationality uh, from new competitors in in new routes. Let's move on to housing because over the last few months, housing data has been. Has sort of you know blown in either direction, kind of like the wind. I mean, you know, one week we'll get some seemingly positive housing data. Uh, the next week, it's it's down. Um, today, it's definitely down. Uh, monthly housing starts fell to their lowest level in a year in February, down seventeen percent. Uh, now, when you consider the bad weather, particularly in the Midwest and the Northeast. Is it all that surprising that housing starts are down? No, it's not surprising that it's that they're down for the month of, of February, and and the weather was a major cause in the north northeast. Starts were down fifty six percent in in the south. They were only down two percent, but it, it wasn't. It was a, a worse number than was expected. Monthly numbers need to be taken kind of lightly. Uh, nevertheless, it's it's one more data point that shows that the housing market is not coming back to the, the levels that, not just right before the decline, but, but for a significant period of time even before that, and new housing starts are still well off the, the long-term trend. And February is one more month that shows that they're not, not going to catch up soon. Is there a particular part of the housing industry that you look at when you're looking to invest, whether it's sort of the pure play home builders or, you know, the ancillary, well, I don't want to say ancillary, but sort of the, the related Home Depots, Lowe's, that sort of thing? The Home Depots and Lowe's have been doing a lot better than, than the majority of the home builders who had a bad year stock-wise last year. Uh, and I think that we've, you know, we, we run a diversified uh, set of funds, and so we've got a lot of different areas covered from uh, the cabinet makers, new home builders, um, the banks that are writing some of the, the mortgages, um, and and between all of that, you know the, the economy is improving slowly and all, but but definitely the home builders are are lagging and and have disappointed us and and most other investors. Radio at full dot com is our email address from Marjorie Jennings in Amesbury, Massachusetts who writes, Litchfield County in northwest Connecticut has an abundance of black bears. My cousin Stan, who is a mellow, gentlemanly Yankee in his 70s, was resigned to bringing in his wife's many bird feeders every evening. One day Stan heard a noise and saw this gorgeous fellow attempting to rip apart a feeder, and she included a photo of a, I'm going to say, I'm going to categorize as large black bear. Somehow, all of his common sense and good nature disappeared. He stormed out the door and hit the bear with a stick. Fortunately, the bear took off. When he phoned me and confessed to picking a fight with the bear, I asked him what in the world he had been thinking. It was an expensive feeder, he replied. Yankees are indeed pathologically frugal. I mean, 
I like to think I'm relatively frugal. I, I don't think I'm, I'm going after a bear. I'm saying, go ahead, the feeder's yours. If the, if the feeder is, like, if you want the feeder, large black bear, go ahead. Well, I, well, what's the most you've ever spent on a feeder? Oh, not that much. Yeah. <laughs> what do you suppose an expensive feeder, like when we, when we categorize something as being an expensive bird feeder, what do you suppose that is? Uh, it's eye of the beholder, I guess, but I, I have not ever thrown I'm, that much money out at a bird feeder. I'm going to guess hundreds. I'm going to say at least $200. You've got the picture. You can probably figure it out. Not from, yeah, the, what's prominent in the picture is the black bear, not the feeder. Um, do, do we have any experts around here who could, who could price that thing for us? You know what? Once we're done taping this, we'll, we'll hit Amazon. We'll just, uh, you know what? I have, I have a, go ahead and hit Amazon because I, I have a brief St. Patrick's I Day did. story. My computer's not working oh, here okay. today. Well, then reason. just sit there while I, I share a quick St. Patrick's Day story. Um, and then we'll, we'll get into the unexpected business aspect. Um, so I, I am reminded every St. Patrick's Day of um, a professor I had um, by the name of Tomas Makana, uh, and that name will be familiar to m- maybe a couple of our listeners in Ireland, um, because uh, the summer before my senior year at Boston College, I had the opportunity to study in Ireland, in Dublin, uh, at the Abbey Theatre, which is the National Theatre of Ireland, and it was a course in Irish history, literature, theater, and Tomas Makana um, is um, has since passed on, but uh, was one of the great playwright and really directors. Um, he he led the National Theater for a number of years, and he was just this just brilliant man, uh, a wonderful character, and um, but the but um, could be a little imposing. So the first first couple weeks of class, we would we would walk into class and. And um, eventually we warmed up to him and, and he to us. But the first couple of weeks, you just walk in and he's sitting um, in a chair at the head of the class. And at the time, he was probably in his 50s, gray-haired. And he would be sitting um, one leg over the other and he would have a newspaper in one hand, a cup of tea in the other, and he'd, be reading, he'd just be reading the newspaper. And he'd have his reading glasses. And so you'd walk in the class and... You know, good morning, professor. And he would glance up, and he wouldn't say anything. He would just nod. He would just sort of nod in your direction and go back to his paper. And a couple of minutes before class begins, uh, one of my classmates comes in, and for whatever reason, um, in, uh, maybe he was feeling particularly bold. He walks in, and he says, uh, instead of just saying good morning, professor, he says, "Top of the morning to you, professor." And Makana just sort of looks at him over his glasses, and then he very methodically puts down his cup of tea, puts down his newspaper, takes off his glasses, and, and I'm not going to do his accent because I, I won't do it justice, but he basically says, oh, that's right, you're from America, and in America, St. Patrick's Day is a big celebration. You wear your green hats, and you get green suspenders, and you have little greeting cards with leprechauns on them, and pots of gold. And it's a celebration, and that's wonderful. But I want to be very clear about one thing. And this is the money quote that I tweeted out this morning. He said, No Irishman, drunk or sober, ever said to another Irishman, drunk or sober, top of the morning to you. And with that, he put his glasses back on, took the newspaper, took the tea, just went back to reading. And it was just one of those fantastic moments like, Okay, there's uh, there's that lesson <laughs> that we'll take with us for the rest of our lives. Um, 
Shares of Budweiser, I mentioned this on, on the podcast yesterday, shares of Anheuser-Busch are down today. That's a little bit of a surprise just because for the last few years it's been up on St. Patrick's Day. Presumably people just irrationally thinking, well, there's a lot of alcohol going to get drunk today, so I'll buy some Bud. And uh, there was an analyst that came out with a slight downgrade, and when you look at what shares of Anheuser-Busch have done over the last year, they've basically doubled the market's return. So, so on a valuation basis, I can see a, a slight downgrade. Um, so that's down today, but you know what's going to be up tomorrow on March 18th? I know. You know. Share with our listeners. What's going to be up on March 18th across America? Uh, dental bills, apparently. <laughs> Emergency trips to the dentist. This is according to a company that provides software to more than 10,000 dental practices across America. And according to their data, this is not one of those, oh, we took a survey of 500 dentists. No, this is data-driven. On March 18th, emergency trips to the dentist are 64% higher than the average day. This happens, they're higher to some degree in every state but Vermont. And in the top five states, which are in order, Delaware, Mississippi, Maryland, Nebraska, and Utah, in those five states, it's more than double the average day. Are that many? I guess that many people are f- falling down and face planting, presumably at least some of them because they've consumed too much alcohol, or getting into a bar fight, or just turning over a new leaf after St. Patty's Day. You think that's it? Time to take care of my teeth again. It's like the annual reminder, um, kind of like changing the batteries. I mean, rather than just denigrate the Irish the, the way you have I, I, and, I, I, and assume that all these people are just going off this the is, bars in, and getting drunk. In fact, this story goes out of its way to say this has nothing. This is not based on Irish heritage. And uh, and by the way, the five states I just listed, not really known necessarily for above average. Um, uh, not Utah, anyway. Residents uh, being of Irish heritage, um, and again, this is this isn't dental visits. This is emergency <laughs> dental visits. Uh, I don't know. Is your dentist publicly traded? Because I feel like if mine were, I would buy some shares today. Huh. Well, um, <laughs> for the one day bump. <laughs> yeah. If you're a day trader and you find out your dentist is publicly yeah, traded, no, but then you're just going to have have this year's numbers to have to compare with last year's, you know, because you, you're you're always sort of annualizing those those great days from last year. You've got to do that and more for there to be a bump in the price. This does seem like a day that um, is maybe a close second to New Year's Eve in terms of amateur drunkism. Just people who aren't necessarily. I think there are some pros. Oh no no no! There, keep in mind they're absolutely professionals, but it's the amateurs you got to watch out for. What about Halloween? I don't, I, I'm sure there are people. I think I think Halloween is. I mean, the point of Halloween is not just to drink, which is <laughs> apparently the point of here in this country, right? And you can defend a more enlightened Irish culture. But in, in this country, that is what, what is St. Oh, that's the day you go out and drink. I'm going to wear green and I'm going to Yeah, I have drink. no idea who St. Saint Patrick was and I have no idea what why we celebrate him, but apparently we wear green and we drink. Patron St. of Ireland drove, I mean, drove the snakes out? In our office, right? Breakfast with beer. Um, well, technically, the the company was not providing the beer, although a few of our colleagues did have beer. Just okay. <laughs> I I saw beer available. 
Oh, really? It was out on the table because we had yeah. we had the no, omelet. It, no, it was in the cooler. Oh, okay. I missed that at nine thirty. We, we we had the omelet, <laughs> but it's St. Patty's Day, so yeah. you know, that's all. That's as, as it's supposed to be. You know, it's this, not just alcohol. It's also very festive. Our man behind the glass today, Dan Boyd, who is rocking one hell of a kilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not the only one in the office today who's doing that. So. Um, we better wrap up here before, <laughs> before, before Dan takes us apart. Before we, we walk out of the door. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.